now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I am your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Joined tonight by my faithful co-host, Nate Christian. Nate, good evening. Good evening, Mike. We are recording this not on Tuesday night like we usually do. Correct. It's kind of throwing me off, to be honest. Yes. I'm not used to seeing you on a Sunday. I know. You will see me next Sunday, however. And you will also be seeing our very special guest co-host, Bob Van Duzer, the Bobcat himself. Hi, Bob. What's up, boys? How are we doing tonight? We're doing. We're great. Yeah. It's been a nice weekend so far. Everybody, it's here. The draft is finally going to be here. That's why we're doing the special release for you guys next week, Monday and Wednesday. And and then next week, we're going to be back to Wednesday and Friday. We want to make sure that you get this very important content now. Before Mm -hmm. the draft, Patreon episode for this week is already being uploaded two amazing prospects I talked about that are going to be great late round guys. And if you want to hear about it, patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind three different tiers. You need the five and $10 tier to listen to these bonus podcasts. Maybe I'll do another one this week. There's only one way to find out patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. And when you get there, my DMS are always open. That doesn't mean I'll answer right away. Cause I sometimes I just don't. But, um, you know, hey, look, it's that time of year, and there's a lot of leagues that are already active. There's some that aren't. Depends on the league. And we want to talk about some trades to make right now. I do want to just preface this by saying something. If people don't want to trade with you or the league isn't as active, that doesn't mean that they stink or the league stinks. Okay? Everybody sets their parameters differently throughout the offseason. But if you want to make some trades, we got some doozies for you. Some Bob Van Doozies. <laughs> there we go. No good? Mm-hmm. No? Bob's not a fan of that one. He's got nothing on that one? Okay, that's great. But anyway, let's talk <laughs> about trades that we're making right now this week before the draft. So let's get into it, Nate. I know you hate going first, so we're going to kick it to you first. What is the trade that you're making right now? Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Yes, trade to make yeah. right now. Making sure I had the topic correct. It has been a crazy day for me. <laughs> So I am buying DJ Moore. I'm excited. I'm excited about his Same. new team with the playing with the Chicago Bears, playing with Justin Fields. Have we not been talking for the last five years about how, oh, well, if only DJ Moore had a quarterback who could throw the ball to him. If only he was an offense where, you know, not only were they just going to pepper him with the ball like they did in Carolina, but they could actually score some touchdowns and move the ball down the field. You know, what would that look like? We're finally going to get to see it. And now that – He's finally going to get that opportunity. He's being ranked, you know, possibly the lowest of his entire career. DJ Moore has, you know, sat inside the top 15 ADP at wide receiver for most of his career, top 20. And right now, you know, he's going at, you know, at 24, 20 wide receiver off the board at the very end of that tier. And he's in one of the best situations of his career up to this point. You know, the parallels to Stefan Diggs and AJ Brown as top wide receivers that moved over to play with young, exciting quarterbacks. The parallels are certainly there. And I don't know if, you know, DJ Moore is going to reach that top tier and be that good of a wide receiver. But I think that jump, you know, with Justin Fields is to be expected. They have put a lot of investment into this offense with Chase Claypool, 
Darnell Mooney will be coming back. DJ Moore, they trade it for. They are going to be throwing the ball more. And Darnell Mooney won't even be much of competition in the beginning of the year coming off you know, his injury. He's not going to be 100% to start of the year. So DJ Moore is going to be the target hog for this team. He's going to be the bona fide number one wide receiver for Justin Fields, who is a great thrower of the football. And DJ Moore, what he does so well is get down the – he not only can create yards after the catch close to the line of scrimmage, he can get down the field. Now, last year, fourth in deep targets across the league, 12th in air yards. And who can throw it down the field really well? Justin Fields, who averaged the eighth highest air yards per attempt last year. And unfortunately, his wide receivers weren't able to catch the ball down the field, but DJ Moore and him should be able to create that connection. We should be able to see a lot of those big plays next year. So this is definitely a situation I'm targeting. And I can move off of George Pickens in the 205 right now for DJ Moore, upgrade my position. If I'm a team that's at all trying to score fantasy points, that is an easy decision. I'm also looking to move a late first for DJ Moore. I mean, come on, 25 years old, going to have wide receiver one volume. You have to throw a late first, a 24 first. You know, I'm seeing early 24 firsts for DJ Moore. You know, if, if DJ Moore is on a team where they're not appreciating his value for scoring fantasy points, you got to go take advantage of that. Um, anytime you can tr- trade away a 24 first, I'd even add, you know, pretty easily. If you think you're, it's a late, you're a late contending team, a 24 second on top of that for DJ Moore. I have no problem with that. Also tearing up from a Brandon Ayuk, a Marquise Brown, you know, you can add on a third and tear up to DJ Moore in a lot of these cases because people just aren't appreciating DJ Moore and his fantasy production that's expected over the next two to three year with this situation. So Nate, I have a question for you. Hi. Um, I will say this, is this you're buying the value or a belief in Justin Fields or both? Both. Both. I think, I think there's value here with DJ Moore. I think he's, you know, he's being undervalued for the role that he has now been given. He's being valued actually, I think, you know, pretty similar to how he's being valued before, which doesn't really make much sense to me. And then I also do believe that now Justin Fields having a bona fide wide receiver one, I love Darnell Mooney, but he is a good wide receiver two in my mind, you know, a plus wide receiver two, not a wide receiver one. I think, you know, the core now, how it looks is well set and it's going to help Fields out a lot. They're going to throw the ball more. They've definitely made the investment to improve the passing game. They're going to, you know, take advantage of that. So the only thing I disagree with, and I I agree with your entire process the Pickens and 205 trade, I feel like people hold George Pickens in a higher regard right now than DJ Moore. I think you could probably pay less or mm. get like I would love know, that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like if I, I like where your head's at, to be completely honest with you, I would gladly move on from George Pickens to upgrade to DJ Moore, but I think it would be Pickens for DJ Moore and maybe another throw an asset or a pick or something like that. I just feel like even though it says it'll it'll say it's fair in the DLF trade analyzer, I feel like people and how they view George Pickens. Yeah. But I, I don't hate it because look, George Pickens is not the number one wide receiver in his offense. DJ Moore is going to be. And we still don't know what Kenny Pickett is, but we also still don't know what Justin Fields is as of yet. And Justin Fields, look, I believe in him too. We have to be realistic. Yet to play a full season. He's five and twenty as a starter. Not great. Bob, there you are. You're right there. I can say it to you. 4,112 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 21 interceptions. So I think that not only is this a buy-low window for DJ Moore, I think it's a buy-low window for Justin Fields because these two are going to make each other better, in my opinion, another year in the offense. So that's what I think about that. Bob, you are selling a player. It's a player that I said to buy previously on this show. So you're going to have to explain to me why you're selling 
this next player. Yeah, the, you, you talked about value a little bit before Nate, and I think this is one of those where once the draft happens, the value is going to dip on this player, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be left holding the bag. And I think that player is Tony Pollard. I know he was talked about a couple weeks ago by Chev on this show. I wanted to discuss it again because I you know, really want to hammer home the point. I think the Cowboys are going to draft a running back, likely by the end of day two, and that makes it very relevant to you and your fantasy team. They've been not only vocal about adding a running back in this draft process, and their actions also match that. Per NFLTradeRumors.co and Walter Football, they have they have most they Jesus, let me talk. They have the most confirmed interactions with running backs in this draft class. Confirmed meetings with Israel Bonaconda, Devon A. Chain, Tank Bigsby, Jameer Gibbs, Ty J. Spears, Zach Evans, mm. and Kendra Miller. All of these Zach Evans. I'm sure they will. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> But this is far more confirmed meetings and interviews with than any other team when it comes to the running back position. Um, and, and I think this is a matter of I want to get out on Pollard now. Like I said, I don't want to be left holding yep. the bag on his value. Um, and, and I think he holds good value right now, but that will definitely change. If the Cowboys draft anybody day two, that's a bigger name. Um, and even if it's early day three, I know that we don't necessarily value those day three running backs in general. But I think when you look at general consensus of what that's going to do to the perceived value of uh, Tony Pollard, you know, who I think production value won't change much compared to last year. But what's going to happen is people have, you know, put him into this workhorse label and inflated his value a little bit. But in reality, that just the the production isn't going to change. It's just going to be the value that's going to fluctuate. So I'm going to get out on his value now. And honestly, he might be somebody that you can buy back in on once this happens which is what i actually want to do because i think the value shift is going to be very dramatic um some names you can move tony pollard for straight up right now tj hawkinson jerry judy christian watson um i'm a little apprehensive with jerry judy but i'm fine with it i love getting in on tj hawkinson especially if i don't have a tight end maybe i'm trying to rebuild right now and i want to nail down my tight end of the future love that same for christian watson i think he showed enough last year where i'm happy moving off tony pollard for him and then for some straight-up trades for just draft capital, moving for the 108 is Tony Pollard's fair, suggested fair value per DLF right now. You could also get, say you can't get him for the 108, the 108 person who has it just isn't interested. You'd also look at the 111 plus 24 second, or you can look for a late 23 second and a 24 first, and then you're just kind of rewiring that trade to maybe a more competitive team who just doesn't value that 24 first as much looking to get in and fix running back. So I think, mm-hmm. again, I like Tony Pollard. You know, this is a prime example of we don't hate players, we hate values. Mm-hmm. And I think the value right now is just too high for to, like, let it sit and not try to exploit that a little bit. But that's my thoughts. I hope that was enough to sway you, Mike, or at least understand where I'm coming from, if anything. I do. I do. And look, if I'm a contender, I might want to hang on to Tony Pollard. Interesting fact about him, only started six games in his career. But if you are a mid-level team, you could use that. And if you get the 108, like let's say you have the 105 and 108, maybe you could package that up and move up to get a Jameer Gibbs, who some people are now putting ahead of B. John Robinson in his class. If anyone's been on Twitter lately, the crack pipe that that is Twitter recently. Um, (laughs) But honestly, if you could turn Tony Pollard into Tank Bigsby or Zach Charbonnet, a guy who's four years younger or maybe, you know, some of these guys in this class are a little bit older, but four years less of NFL wear and tear mm-hmm. on him. 
We could say that. I think that might be an upgrade if your team is younger. I don't hate it. And you know what? They kind of have to draft somebody because after Tony Pollard, the Dallas Cowboys have Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle, a Nate Christian favorite, and Ronald Jones. Thank you, Ket, for knocking everything off my desk for me. So um, I don't disagree. Obviously, you know, this depends on the team makeup. So let's move on and talk about a player that I am buying, and I've been talking about him since last year. I am a Greg Dulcich stan, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, so I'm buying all in, and there's some points that you need to make when buying in on a player, such as he did miss seven games last year with a hamstring strain, and that was two separate times. So it was an injury and then a re-aggravation. It's important to note these things, but he did look good while he was on the field, despite playing with Jerry Julie. You know, that talk much not really jerry judy and Cortland sutton and the offense was abysmal nathaniel hackett should not have been a head coach no didn't he get hired by the jets as their offensive coordinator yep right yep believe so like they had matt lafleur's brother and they're like well he's you know like he comes from a good prodigy but let's just hire nathaniel hackett who's terrible okay great um yeah so the the offense is pretty abysmal as you know broncos fans sorry let's ride i guess huh he did finish his tight end 29 he can only go up from here. All right, this isn't going to be a thing where he's finishing his tight end 29 all the time. He's going to be playing with an established quarterback and a Sean Payton offense. And look, I want a piece of that. I'm not saying he's the next Jimmy Graham because his name is Greg Dulcich, but I am saying that I think he's going to be a fantastic NFL and fantasy tight end. So in 10 games with six starts, 33 catches for 411 yards and two touchdowns. That was on 55 targets. And his DLF value equates to 86.8 in a non-premium Superflex league, which equates to roughly the 209. So some trades I've pushed together here. Tyler Higby in the 212, which is 89.3 for Greg Dulcich. Tyler Higby pushing 30, so I kind of want to move on from him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Darren Waller, he's in New York now, and maybe he's fine. He's been banged up a lot lately. So Dar- lately. Darren Waller, who has a value of 95.7 for Greg Dulcich in the 410, which is 96.9. It's close. It's it's pretty close there within a point or so. Um, And I'm happy to move on from Darren Waller, get younger, get a guy who I think at this point in his career has better upside, get an extra pick, which I can use to hopefully bundle up or get a late round guy that I'd like. You know, there's going to be some guys in there like, um, I don't know, sign up to the Patreon and find out who I talked about. (laughs) So... Bob also made a note that he likes moving on from that late second. If you missed out on Kincaid and Mayer, you know, to sold on the rest of the Titans in this class or the wide receivers that will be in this area. I, I agree. I mean, honestly, and I, I do want to say one thing too. This is why it's important to pay attention and not listen to narratives. Okay. For like a year or so, we heard that this draft class was Michael Mayer and nobody else mattered. And now Michael Mayer is not even the tight end one in this class. It's Dalton Kincaid. People love Luke Musgrave. People love Darnell Washington. So it's really important to continuously reevaluate things. We're hearing next year, it's Brock Bowers and screw everybody else. <laughs> well, we see that's not, the, that's not the case year in, year out. Um, you know, who was the guy last year? Trey McBride. I'd rather have Greg Dulcich, to be honest. But yeah. he's there. I think he's a great player. Nate, you are selling a player. And, yeah, you are because you sold him to get DJ Moore. So- I did. Let's let's talk about why. Now you have a chance to explain why. Yeah, and luckily you already gave a little intro, you know, earlier in the video. So if you if you need to go back and watch uh, Mike talk about George Pickens, you can go watch that minute little segue he did, and then come back and let me explain to you again why George Pickens is a great sell right now. Uh, currently, 
the wide receiver 24 and keep trade cut wide receiver 25 on DLF April ADP. Um, I loved George Pickens as a prospect, you know, I thought he had great potential, but in the Steelers offense at this point, he's going to be limited volume wise. It's just, it's just a fact of the matter. There, there's too many other mouths to feed in the offense um, overall, as well as the fact that Deontay Johnson has received a contract extension there. They did just sign Allen Robinson, albeit to a one year deal and not to the position that George Pickens is playing. I think Allen Robinson's going to be moving inside as a big slot, but we're going to be talking about targets there that aren't going to be going George Pickens way. I think, you know, just that, that limitation on his overall volume, it just doesn't pan out for him to be a top 24, top 25 wide receiver in dynasty over the next two, three years. I don't think that's going to happen. And also with the fact that the Steelers have a knack for drafting a day two wide receiver just about every single year, they're going to continue to have that turnover at the wide receiver position. That's not going to change because George Pickens is a pretty decent, you know, outside wide receiver. They're going to continue to turn over that wide receiver position with Deontay getting paid. I'm not sure that George Pickens is going to be there long term either, but that's down the road. But either way, I don't think the volume is there until Pickens is moving on to another team, which by that point, you can buy back into Pickens at a much cheaper cost than wide receiver 24. If I had, I would have him low 30s, you know, kind of that back end of the wide receiver threes in Dynasty. And not because of his talent. It's not because of George Pickens' talent. I love his talent. But just the situation he's in and the expected volume that he's going to be getting. So players and packages that I'm selling George Pickens for right now, I would sell him straight up for Traylon Burks. And I saw that you could do that. Went through the trade finder. There's a couple of trades straight up for Burks. If you need to add a third, you can do that. But I don't think that should be too hard. If you're a competing team, moving on from a guy like George Pickens for a Amari Cooper or a Terry McLaurin. And you can probably pick up an early third on top of either one of those veteran players because George Pickens is being valued higher than those guys who are going to score just about, you know, much more points in your fantasy lineup come Sundays. Also, you can pair George Pickens right now with a wide receiver like Debo Samuel and actually enter that tier of wide receiver where you can go after A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, into those top six, seven, eight wide receivers, you can get there with a Debo and a George Pickens. And to me, I think pairing those two receivers together to get that top stud at the wide receiver position is going to do a lot more for your team than uh, you know having George Pickens, who I think is going to be a little bit inconsistent if he's in, in your flex spot. So I will say George Pickens, DLF's ADP is wide receiver 25. Just tell me if you would want – I was going to say Jamison Williams. Would you rather have Jamison Williams? But – I'd still rather have Jamison Williams. Yeah, I, I might. Bob, you agree with that? No, I'm I'm pretty low on JMO. Okay. All right. Um, would you rather have? And I'm going to give you guys. They are all have lower ADP than George Pickens. Um, Jahan Dotson or George. Absolutely. Pickens. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm not going to put rookies in there just because they don't have a landing spot yet. Amari Cooper. Yep. As I said, you know, I'd pick up Amari Cooper plus for George Pickens. Uh, Calvin Ridley. I think on a contending team, you can pick up Calvin Ridley plus, and that's a move I would make as well. You know, I think what it comes down to is George Pickens, he's going to be scoring under 10 points per game in in the Steelers' uh, offense, and that's not someone that's going to be in your starting lineup this year. Christian Kirk. Absolutely. I was really high on Christian Kirk last year. Uh, We also have Mike Evans, wide receiver 41 right now. You can pick up. I mean, you could you could get Mike Evans in an early second for George Pickens, possibly. And look, a guy, you know, I, I understand 
Mike Evans ADP being lower because there's quarterback question marks right there. Like, is it Baker Mayfield? Is it Kyle Trask? But I'll give you one more and then we'll move on. He has an established quarterback, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver, 46,000 yards every year. Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. Give me Tyler Lockett. I'll take all those guys over George Pickens right now. And I'm going to move George Pickens and I'm going to get plus value. I'm going to get players that are going to be more productive. I'm going to get extra picks back on top of it. And George, we, we could be proven wrong here, honestly, but I really do not hate Nate's uh, viewpoint of moving on from George Pickens at all. So Bob is buying a player, yep. a Packers player. Surprised. Are you emotionally ready to do this, Bob? That's what I think that's where we're at right now. Are you okay? I'm checking in with you. You know, 12's been there a long time. How are we doing? I... I, I can safely and confidently say that I love buying in on this player. That's Jordan Love. You talk about established quarterbacks, and I don't know if there's a better established quarterback that is at least going to be locked into starting for better or worse right now than Jordan Love for 2023, and I think the upside is there for long term. Every year, the news around his development has been positive. Mm-hmm. You know, Right off the rip, it was well noted that he had work to do, and – this whole time they've been able to just, you know, take him aside and just work as opposed to putting him under any pressure to play or anything like that. And, you know, we only saw it for, you know, not even a quarter, you know, at, and in the Philly game against uh, your lovely Eagles, Mike looked great. You know, it was only a handful of plays, handful of throws. Everything was, you know, somewhat scripted, I guess you could say. And maybe the Eagles were playing a little lax at that point because the game was pretty much out of hand, but looked far more poised and confident in the pocket and just looked confident throwing. And this offseason has been no different when it comes to reports on the ground in the building that they're that everybody there is really excited for the Jordan Love era to finally begin. And I, I implore you to go back to draft night when uh, uh, Brian Gunkunst and uh, Matt LaFleur pulled the trigger on drafting Jordan Love with a 20-something pick. The excitement in that room was like they just drafted their franchise at the 101 after years of a depressing team and all of this stuff. They were just over the moon. It wasn't like, yeah, cool. It was they were excited to draft this guy. They believed in this guy from day one and they wanted to get him in. But it's like, what do you do when you have a Hall of Famer in front of him that is now back to his MVP MVP form? Mm-hmm. It's tough to do. And, you know, going back to him being established, Rodgers has been quoted saying, allegedly, it's the Jets or nothing. Love is the guy, and he's one of the cheapest starting quarterbacks in the league. I'd be willing, At this point, I'd be willing to move any late first-round pick, 108 to 112, especially if I've missed out on some of this year's quarterbacks or I didn't really believe in the talent to begin with. Um, if you're looking to tear off of some of the – you know, less stable, older quarterbacks, you know, somebody like Derek Carr, Geno Smith, you can move them for a Jordan Love, maybe to a competitive team that isn't as sold on Jordan Love as I am. Um, you can also lump Kenny Pickett into that mold too. He, they're pretty, pretty close in value. I wouldn't necessarily be in love <laughs> with doing that, but I'm just saying that's similar to where the value lies. And you actually pick up a third on top of Love coming back. Another trade you can do, say you're trying to get out of, you know, into rebuild mode, get off a running back. Miles Sanders for Jordan Love. So any of those late first round picks, any of these other guys for Jordan Love, I am all in. I want to go buy him everywhere. And the second that trade goes through, his value is just going to go up a little more because there are the people out there that are still hesitant 
that until Rodgers moves on, or and maybe just hesitant in general because, you know, he's a quarterback that had to sit three years before he can start, but he's still almost a full year younger than Hendon Hooker, and people are going to talk about drafting him in the late first. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to take the guy that's been developing in the league for three years and has showed promise on an NFL field and didn't need to be in a gimmicky college offense to show out after three years of doing nothing. So you said Hen and Hooker, Zach's here. I don't know how he got here so fast, man. Always. I like it. And, you know, they were, I was listening to a podcast about college football and they're talking about how not moving on from players that are good enough sets your team back. For example, um, Justin Fields was at Georgia. They never moved on from Jake Fromm. And I understand that you have a, an MVP candidate quarterback in, in Aaron Rodgers, but at some point you have to take that bandaid off. You have to make the move, and it's better for the team as a whole. Because, look, Aaron Rodgers calls a lot of shots in Green Bay. Okay, And I don't like when one player is calling a lot of shots. I just don't. Jordan Love comes in. He could be molded by the coaching staff. This team could get better eventually. Yeah. It's possible. Now they'll actually have money to spend on. You know it would be great? It'd be great if they just all of a sudden load up on these like high caliber wide receivers. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, what the hell, man? That's what the Eagles did with Carson Wentz. They're like, look, we paid you a lot of money. Here's Bryce Triggs. So <laughs> I don't hate it. Go get Jordan Love now before you can't. And one of the guys that you could sell to get him, I'm selling Michael Gallup. That's right. He has been on a steady decline since his breakout second year, which he played 14 games, 66 catches, 1,107 yards, and six touchdowns. So in 2020, 59 for 843 and 5, 21, 35 for 445 and 2. And last year, 39 for 424 and 4. So 20 was only nine games. 22 was a full slate. He's not getting the action. I understand that, you know, he's coming off an ACL injury, but still, I'm ready to just move on. He's a good quarterback, but he's been declining and overshadowed by his teammates. Like Tony Pollard catches a lot of footballs, formerly Zeke. You know, he got some work in the receiving game as well. Dalton Schultz, formerly. I think Peyton Hendershot has a chance of being a guy there. And uh, CD Lamb. So these guys are all overshadowing him. Maybe uh, oh, Jalen Tolbert is there too, Nate, right? He's still there. He is there. Physically. But yeah, that's... he's there <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes he's inactive, so I don't know. <laughs> um, so I'm ready to move on from Michael Gallup. And here's a trade I would do. So his value on the trade analyzer is 40.5. Talk about depressed value. But I would do him. Well, I would not do mm. him. Sound drop. <laughs> Clip it. Clip it. Sean. No, Sean's not here. I would move on from him for <laughs> – Curtis Samuel and a 24 third. And look, I know that that sounds stupid. I understand that. But look at what Curtis Samuel did last year. 64 catches, 656 yards, and four touchdowns. And he paired that with 38 rushes, 187 yards, and a touchdown. That is a great move for a rebuilding team. You have a guy that you can move on from. You pick up a productive player, and you get draft capital on top of it. Okay, remember when you're making moves, you're making, you're building your roster. They don't have to be sexy players. Everybody wants a big fancy guy, but sometimes you just need the consistent player that gets you points. That's not Michael Gallup anymore. I would also use Gallup to tear up because you know what? Nate says, screw George Pickens. I say, yay, George Pickens. You could do Gallup and the 110 that values 271.9, and that gets you George Pickens. His value is 285. Point six. If you are a George Pickens stand, that is a move that Porkman just threw his phone on the ground. He's going to make it right now. And Bob has a bonus buy. Bob's yep. bonus buy. You get this. Mm, twice Ooh. in one 
So Ooh. you said you'll be quick, and then you have about half a page of notes. So <laughs> go ahead, Bob. It's true. I I try. I I couldn't leave this guy off the list because Nate. I think we were doing an audit last week, and we discussed this player. And this has probably been yep. one of the best running back buys of the offseason. And I don't think we've given him enough credit or enough shout on this channel. And that's Najee Harris, a guy who I think has just fallen victim to this narrative, the Najee narrative of how last season went, that he's cooked, he's an old running back already, all of these things, when we knew he had a Liz Frank injury at the start of the preseason last year and just obviously wasn't himself. And it wasn't like the full Liz Frank injury or tear or anything, but it was definitely a, a sprain or a strain or one of the things that happened to a Liz Frank that isn't the bad thing. But either way, you get it. So after the midpoint of the season down the stretch, he was running back five over the course of the final nine weeks of the season after his bye week and still finished as a running back one on the season. And I think that just, you know, just gets missed because he left such a bad taste yep. in people's mouth for the beginning of the season and just didn't, you know, help people maybe make the playoffs and see the true value down the stretch. But currently viewed as the running back 12 on keep trade cut and running back eight on DLF, despite being locked in as the dynasty running back two heading into the last season. I think this alone just, you know, we have to put things into perspective that things happened. I think as a community, everybody's just, well, he burned us last year, so we need to flip things back the other way. And I think, too, on top of all of this, I, I advertise this now because I think that the window is kind of closing because the value of how you get Najee is based in how valuable the rookie running backs are, how valuable the first round rookie picks are. And he's just kind of lost in the shuffle right now. But we have all of this movement in the running back landscape, which is silly when you think about it, because he's one of the few players in the entire running back landscape that just has nothing changing. So why is he falling? Yep. He's not as sexy of a name. He burned us last year. You take your pick. I see a bounce back season coming for him this season. DLF currently suggests fair value in super flex for Najee Harris being the 106. The only person I'm taking over Najee Harris at the 106 is JSN and he's probably long gone by then more than likely I would say so yeah so if I have to add a little bit more to that to just you know get beyond that the fair value you know to kind of overpower the offer let's say mm -hmm. I'm willing to add a 24 second or a late 23 second because I do think that his value is so suppressed right now that you are still buying low at that price of adding those additional picks yeah. And, and the nice thing about it, I think you see an immediate ROI just based on the equity equity of what you acquire him at. I think by season start, whether you're a rebuilding team, competing team, I think you're flipping him for more in season. And if you feel the need to, otherwise he's producing for you at a higher level than what you bought him for, what you acquired him at. So that's my thoughts on Najee. I definitely wanted to get him some love. I couldn't pass up on talking about Jordan Love either, though. So. If Nate didn't pick him, I was like, I'm going to talk about him anyway. So I threw him in here. I appreciate the time, boys. I will say Najee Harris, running back 14 last year. So not bad for Just starting, starting the season injured. Okay. Yeah. And you guys got to calm down with your ADP. Um, Bijan Robinson is the running back one in Dynasty right now, as per DLS ADP. So if I had the 101, I could move that for Jonathan Taylor plus. That's what you're telling me. Because Jonathan Taylor mm -hmm. is the running back too. And that's a move I'm going to make and then by the way he is a torn ACL everybody Brees Hall is the running back three and then it's Christian McCaffrey so I don't know I don't know what people are doing Gracie do you know what people are doing the cat has no idea what mm. people are doing but what they should do is head on over to 
underdog best ball play some best ball with our very own dan rosier use the promo code rewind for 100 match up to 100 do it 100 times and make 100 billion dollars seekeek.com 20 off first odor <laughs> first odor not dog squatch anymore seekeek.com 20 off your first purchase link is below and hey patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind you won't regret it. The only thing you will regret is not signing up sooner. So for our special guest co-host, Bob Van Duzer, my faithful co-host, Nate Christian, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Until next time, everyone, be kind. Please rewind. Sell Bijan for Jonathan Taylor. Thank you, everybody.